0: Welcome back to the Two Promises Podcast. Let's dive right into another exciting adventure with BD and crew as he pursues his new passion of one day finding the best, most epic bourbon. The Two Promises team sends their special thanks to Hobie and the Huckleberries for that masterful theme music. So grab a glass, relax, and enjoy responsibly.
1: Welcome back to another exciting episode here at BD and the Two Promises Podcast. I'm your host, BD, and currently we are recording on the BD Bobber. For those of you that have been following the podcast, you know that I have BD Studios, BD Mobile, and now we're on the BD Bobber. What is the BD Bobber, you ask? Well, it's exactly that. It is a floating object that is bobbing on the surface of the water, Why is it bobbing on the surface of the water? Because it's tied there with some lines. For those of you nautical folks, lines are ropes. You would think of them as ropes. But I digress. That's not what we're here to talk about. What I'd kind of like to start with, again, is the beverages that I'm enjoying. Currently enjoying a sparkling water, a kombucha. Pretty cool brand. It's got like a mermaid with... Blinded Mermaid, almost like Lady Liberty. And the lady's got four arms, and she's holding up a bottle that looks like a medicine of some sort. And it's the this brand of Vida Kombucha. It's a triple berry blend, and it's uh, made here in San Diego, California. And just looks pretty rad. It tastes really good. Yeah. Then I'm also doing uh, my coffee, so I'd like to thank, send a special thanks out to a good friend of mine. Very prominent lady in her career field she's about to retire and we've just been kind of discussing our life plans our different goals and she gifted me with a beautiful metal french press coffee maker and gave me some instructions on on how to use it so i got a thank you card already drafted up for her i just need to get it in the mail so she's moving on to her next step and I am as well. So it's really exciting. So this kind of leads me into the topic discussion that I've been thinking about over the last couple of days. And this, the roots of this thought process are actually based from Tom Cruise and well, not from well, Tom, however you want to say it. That's the lead in. The lead in is Tom Cruise, great actor, phenomenal individual, never met him, but I've Everybody that's met him has just talked about how passionate he is about acting and how passionate he is about perfecting his role and really, like, diving deep and getting into it in some pretty fascinating ways. And when I was growing up, one of my favorite roles of his was The Last Samurai. Great movie, and uh, this is an extremely interesting movie for me because of kind of what everything's going on in the world that they're depicting so we have a united states army veteran who's you know seen some things done some things been some places dark places and he kind of got a hook got a uh, asked to go you know train an army elsewhere and that was kind of his forte he'd been doing it for a while he was good at it and he kind of was hitting the end of the line with the career path that he was attempting to get into after his service. So, during this time, what some of the traumas he was... the nightmares he was fighting was how the soldiers had kind of abused some of the natives and just completely devastated them. And he, he left himself asking why. He felt like he was doing the right thing. He was serving. He was doing this. And then now he sees how different situations, different scenarios, different variables can come into play and it can cause very good people to do some things that you know, they wouldn't be proud of, that would be bad, that would be negative and painful but kind of seeing what got them there that's kind of where we started this, how did we get here, what got them to that place so he finds himself training an army and he thinks that he's got it together, he thinks everything's going together the gets destroyed The two commanders, the defeated commander, is killed, and he is taken prisoner. And this kind of, to me, draws a slight parallel to something a little bit more modern story, a little bit more modern history, with Marcus Luttrell in The Lone Survivor. So, again, no real tangent on that, but interesting tie-in, interesting concept in this little warrior code on a different part of the planet, or how people kind of acted. And whenever I was promoting this podcast before I even recorded, I said over and over again that I'm offering a solution to COVID-19 on September 13th with the launch of this podcast. So you might hear some background noise here at the BD Bobber. Helicopters flying overhead. It's kind of a training area. But going into the immune health, because we're talking about hacks for... COVID. Hacks for living a better life in the midst of a pandemic. Hacks for thriving whenever there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So tea, while I started with the coffee that was a great gift from my friend, prominent woman who's led ships, done tons of humanitarian stuff, and just really, really made a huge impact, even while battling some very significant health issues. Just a powerful, powerful woman. But I've also been working on teas lately. I've been a coffee drinker pretty much my entire life. Even whenever I was just a very small child, I always wanted to drink coffee so I could be like Dad. And everybody told me that it would stunt my growth, and it did. Uh, In more ways than uh, you could probably even imagine right now, and probably some ways you shouldn't imagine. But I digress. So tea... Once these. So we have the victorious commander, Katsumoto, who is played by Ken Watanabe. And he did a phenomenal job with this role. Oh my goodness, like epic, epic, epic. But whenever they talked about the Warrior Code a lot and some of their nightmares and some of their fears and some of their concerns and demons, if you will, that they have fought and bested or have fought and continue to fight. And a lot of times, even if we think we've bested some demons, we still have to keep an eye out for them. We still have to be watchful. Just because we beat them may not mean that they're actually dead. But they shared their history together whenever they had their conversation, even though one was a captive of the army that he was trained to fight, or training people to fight. But they bonded because they had Code. They bonded because they were both warriors. Even if they were not from the same camp, even if they were not from the same country, they resonated with each other on that level of respect because a lot of times a warrior isn't there for war. That's their primary job description. But they're there to protect, to defend. And then if things get out of whack and people get a little bit you know, more desirous of things that, you know, whenever they probably already have enough, then that's where things kind of get out of hand. But that's not the purpose of this conversation either. We're talking about tea. We're talking about the health benefits of tea. But the line that Ken Watanabe said, and if I mispronounce that name, I'm horrible with names. So, my apologies. You get the point. We have a troubled warrior from an expansion of a country, and then more exploration, and then more expansion, and more... So here's where we have an emperor who sees all of the wonders that can be provided, all the technological advances that can be made available for his kingdom if he adapted his culture, if he made some concessions, if he changed some of the ways he did business. They weren't saying he had to change everything, but they felt that there should be some changes. So this goes back to social stratification we talked about in some other episodes. There was a warrior class. It was a class, a society of people, a line of warriors who that is what they did. That's how they made their money. That's how they made their living. And their entire life was crafted Around that sole pursuit of mastering the art of war. And they talked a lot about Bushido, which is the way of the warrior. And they both had different perspectives on war because we have two different ideologies, Eastern, Western, and they're meeting here at this fascinating time of history. I'm going to drop some more books in the uh, bio, but one... I'm going to have to look it up to make sure I got the name right. I think it's called The Secrets of Shotokan, and it talks about Okinawa around this area of history, I think, I believe. I think it's around that same era. But either way, it's still a fascinating read, and if you're into very niche martial arts history or niche history, I think you'll find that book pretty fascinating. So back to Bushido, back to their conversations. And as... The storyline develops and this warrior class realizes that maybe this empire that they've been fighting to defend is maybe not going the path that they want it to go maybe not going the path that they believe it to go but they have katsumoto expresses the peace that he has in moving on if i recall correctly it's been forever since i've seen this movie but they've talked... In the, in the Throughout the movie, they talk about nightmares. They think about, talk about what keeps you up at night. But right now, in this moment, I want to talk about what I believe to be the disillusionment that now Ken Watanabe... Or, sorry, Katsumoto is feeling. Because Tom Cruise's character has already fought through a lot of that disillusionment, went down into a dark hole, buried himself in the bottle, you know? And then found a new purpose. The new purpose was to make a healthy chunk of money to maybe reset, to maybe move on to a different life, a better life. And at this point, Tom Cruise's character is like, no, why? Why? Why are you giving up? You have this amazing cultural lifestyle here. You have this amazing code, this amazing way to live. Why would we throw that all away? And as they're discussing that, Tom Cruise's character gets a little heated. And he says, well, then what are you going to do next? What's your plan? What's your exit strategy? What are you going to do afterwards? And also with some heat, Katsumoto responds, I don't know. Maybe I'll make the perfect cup of tea. And my question, that's a fascinating line to me. My question is, what would cause a warrior, successful warrior, successful commander that once he puts down his armor and he puts down his sword, whenever he was pressed on what he was going to do next, he said, I don't know, maybe I'll make the perfect cup of tea. But what is the perfect cup of tea? That's what I'm learning. I have, you know, Becky with Beck's Bees, you know. She's been helping me on my tea journey. I got some really great teas whenever I went through Mount Rushmore, South Dakota, Crazy Horse Memorial, Deadwood... It was just incredible, a lot of great American history right there. Incredible American history. So, I got a few of those native teas. But what is it about tea that would fascinate or intrigue or keep the attention of someone who had dedicated their entire life to the mastery of warfighting, different weapons, different strategies, different maneuvers, different commands... Different feints and deceits. And whenever he thought about moving on, he thought about perfecting a ritual or perfecting a process to make tea. And there's so many different types of teas that have so many different healing properties. So I find that also incredibly, incredibly fascinating. So that's something that I've been toying around with. Is probably going to go today. I'm going to get some more honey because I'm out of my favorite Bex honey and I like to get local honey whenever I can because that really just helps someone adapt to the environment. There's some some strong antihistamines in that honey and that pollen and that everything. And then that helps reduce one's inflammatory, or sorry, histamine response to the allergens that are in the air. So that's going to help keep the noses and the sinuses clean keep your throat from getting raw, from having, you know, some of that post-nasal drippage that kind of runs down there and it starts irritating it because it's a different type of pH, I believe, and it starts irritating that throat, and that throat's not designed to be taking that, so then you get a sore throat, then you have a portal of entry, which is like an open wound or a sore, also all around the mucous membranes, and if you're not protecting that throat and you're not keeping that safe and coated, then you have an opening for a potential infection. So I find that very fascinating that that was his desire at the end. So when I was younger, I found this movie very fascinating because I was taking Japanese lessons from one of my classmate's mother. I might have mentioned this before in some of the other episodes, but she was a first-generation immigrant from Japan, and I was just interested in languages. I was predominantly learning Spanish, but when you have an opportunity to learn something foreign from a native speaker that maybe no one else in your area can do, I mean, I find that pretty fascinating. So I asked for her to, you know, teach me. So every Wednesday, I would do a Japanese lesson with her. And back to Tom Cruise's professionalism, and I just had to handle some stuff with my brand new puppy, Rummy, and she's three months old. She's a sweetheart. But while I was kind of working with her... I did one quick little Google search trying to find a little data point, but I found something that I wasn't even looking for. And it goes back to Tom Cruise's professionalism and the fact that he studied Japanese. And so Tom Cruise, he speaks Japanese, and he I might have missed some of that because my recording stopped randomly. It does that. It's kind of odd. But anyway, so Tom Cruise... ...dedicated himself to learning the language for the role. That way he didn't have to have a voiceover... ...or an edit over or lip sync or anything like that. He wanted to be able to speak it. He wanted to be authentic. He wanted to be a genuine expression of... ...what he was trying to embody. Um, and I find that pretty fascinating. The other thing, another little tie-in... ...since we did talk about the historical period in the United States around that time... While I was also in South Dakota, I did not just pick up tea. I also grabbed a book. I'm also working on a different little subcategory. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work, but it's just going to be, hopefully, like a, a reading section where I just read different things. It's going to be kind of a little bit of, I think, therapy for me to kind of express self-expression, and I think it might be an interesting way for people to hear different stories that they might not normally be engaged with. But the book that I picked up, i picked up a few, but the one that I'm most fascinated with is one called Crazy, Cor- Crazy Horse Hoka Hey. It's a Good Time to Die. The Story of Crazy Horse, Legendary Mystic, and Warrior by Vincent Brown. There's a lot of books about Crazy Horse, and there were so many that I could have picked up, so many that I could have read or bought on Audible or anything like that, but this one was... Very interesting to me. Rummy's chewing on my toe right now. This one's very interesting to me because the writer was a naturalist and a keen student of the Indians of America, and Crazy Horse presented a beaded pipe and a tobacco bag, or it had been presented to Mr. Brown's father. That's right. It had been presented to Mr. Brown's father, who was a doctor near the Pine Ridge Reservation of South Dakota, for saving the life of a chief's son. So the author saw this bag as a young child, and it produced such an effect on him, and he already had that love for the Indian peoples, the Native Americans, and he went on to write this book about Crazy Horse. So I found that fascinating because of how close this man was to his life and I just really wanted and he was a healer well his father was a healer so he had done something special he had helped somebody he had preserved a life and then was given a gift in return and I found that very fascinating we'll start working on the wrap up here lots of great books I think that we we can kind of dive into if we're interested in a lot of different philosophies ideologies that we can explore further that we can tease out see what where the connections are, see where the parallels are, see where they these ways of life intersect across all these cultures. I find it extremely fascinating. So, as we wrap it up, so many times we romanticize the death, we romanticize the dying, we romanticize the actions that preserve, the actions that defend, the actions that are epically dominant and win victories. And... As the movie winds out, there's massive battle, almost like, let's just put it in more modern terms, a huge bomb explodes. The battle bomb goes off, boom, now everybody's kind of processing, what did we just do? What just happened? Was this good? Was this bad? We felt the pressure to act in this way, we felt the desire to move in this direction for whatever reason... But what's the battle damage assessment what on the back end are we dealing with so as this is being processed in the movie the emperor asks to see Tom Cruise's character and he wants to know how the warriors that had protected that society for so long perished how they died Because he was there next to them. He was there fighting with them for the preservation of Imperial Japan. And the response was well, it would be better if I described to you how they lived. Not how they died. How they lived. How while they may have been violent people they may have been expert cavalry archers. They may have been excellent pikesmen and sword fighters and hand-to-hand combat you know, gurus. But that's just one aspect of their lives. That's one aspect of what they bring to the table. One aspect of what they do and the value they provide. And because they are right there on the front edge of separating life and death a lot of times in the right perspective and frame there's a lot of respect for those spaces amongst those communities so that to me was a powerful statement by Tom Cruise's character of let me tell you how they lived so again thank you all very much for joining us here on the bd bobber very first recorder recording on the bd bobber so i hope you enjoyed this episode hopefully we're gonna uh, we are definitely going to be recording a lot more episodes here bd bobber bd mobile and bd studios so stay tuned and today i've put a couple uh, thank yous together and those are on the way out so i'll drop those off at a mailing place today thank you all very much for tuning in and have a wonderful week
0: Thank you for joining us today on this curious roller coaster of life. If this is your stop, please exit peacefully and enjoy the rest of your day. If you're ready for another one, just push play. A final note before you go thank you. And thank you for feeling. The distillation and aging process is different for everyone. I'm not quite sure what you're ready for, so please sip slowly and enjoy responsibly. Stop drinking wine. So I switched to whiskey. And now I'm feeling fine drinking that smooth, smooth whiskey. No more. Wine.